Hello, it's Radio 1. You're with Rob Stewart. You're on the politics show. I'm in the studio today with uh, Warren Voigt, New Zealand first candidate for Dunedin North. How are you doing, Warren? Hi, Rob. How are you doing? And thanks for the opportunity of coming in. No, thank you for coming in. Um, I've been asking a uh, number of uh, possible candidates, such as yourself, to come in over the last few weeks, and it's starting to get a good, informative um, you know, base of ideas going, so students know who who to vote for come this election. So can you tell us a bit about yourself? All right. Um, I've been uh, born and bred in Dunedin, and uh, I've lived here f- my whole life. Uh, I work currently uh, as a deep tissue massage and bone practitioner down at the Gardens Medical Centre, and uh, I've been very much involved at various stages amongst other occupations, but in the last 18 years or so, uh, quite a bit to do with health, so I've got a big interest in, in doing that. And, uh, yeah, I've got a wide range of uh, interests, but one of the main other ones is uh, music. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Um, so you were selected to stand in Dunedin North for New Zealand First. Yes. Sir. So what uh, were you up against many other people? There were one or two, um, but I just went through the selection process. And, uh, and you were the best person for the choice. Well, according to what they wanted. <laughs> Brilliant. So what are some of the things the selection that New Zealand First is, is going to be uh, campaigning on? We're effectively uh, looking at the key issues such as uh, the poverty that's going on, uh, housing issues, health, uh, education, uh, lack of policing numbers and and all the various things that have fallen through the gaps, uh, particularly in the last nine years during the time of this administration. So as you um, know, it's election year this year, and as we sort of ramp up close to election year, parties release more and more policy. Uh, is there anything that New Zealand First has specifically released at the moment that's directed at students? No. Um, well, outside of the fact that we're going to be, um, of course, making life easier for students uh, if we get the chance by making sure that they have the ability to uh, avoid having to pay back student loans um, with uh, an equivalent scheme of... Um, uh, year for year, uh, if they get a, a reciprocal type, re- yeah, you pay it back. Re- reciprocal payback, um, or on a dollar for dollar basis. Um, Brilliant. If it's not in that field, and uh, yeah, so we hope to make things a lot, a lot easier for them, and um, introduce a student allowance, universal student allowance. Brilliant. So, what are some of the things you you think you're going to be camping out, painting on locally in Dunedin North? I understand it's not just student related stuff. There might be some other things that there's obviously some other things you'll be campaigning on as well. Well, I'd like to see um, you know the standard of housing in Dunedin go up for a start. Uh, you know, it's been a bit done with insulation and all the rest of it, but by and large, the still and it was being highlighted uh, in the news over the last few days about um, I believe the the students have got a, a petition to Wellington regarding um, you know. In, in, affordable insulated housing and and better standards and what have you and as they say you know if you uh, live in a pigsty um, how else are you going to respond and and it's quite shameful when you walk around the streets of Dunedin to see that I think it's particularly absent landlords have let places go into sort of slum territory in a lot of cases. I've had experience with um, significant landlords around Dunedin and I know for a fact that when the uh, standard of the accommodation goes up then and uh, the the whole um, atmosphere goes up and and people respond accordingly. So you don't get the inherent problems. That's that, right. We um, see that with gentrification in, in neighbourhoods, don't we? That as soon yeah. as the, the quality of the you know clientele, if you like, or the neighbourhood starts to pick up, it we start to get better uh, social responses and, and, and cleaner living. So um, Winston was on campus the other day. 
Uh, he is always popular, always entertaining. We, did you manage to come along to that? Were you a part of that? No, I didn't, but I've seen, I have seen uh, some video footage of it. So, Br- brilliant. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I've, I've got a sort of a love-hate relationship with Winston. Not that I love to hate him, but just that he's so endearing to me. But every t- t- now and again, he sort of says that grandpa thing that it's like, oh, you know, you cringe moment. But, um, you know, he's obviously a leader that you, you look up to. And is there anything that, you know, potential voters need to know about Winston? Well, I think the thing to keep in mind about Winston Peters is that he would be just about the most, if not the most experienced uh, politician currently in Parliament. He's come right through since the Muldoon years. He's been in 14 general elections and uh, no one else has quite got the track record or the understanding of what's going on in this country that he has. And you mentioned the grandpa thing. Well, everybody needs a grandpa, don't they? That's right. That's right. And he's sort of, one of the things I like about Winston actually is he keeps the house honest. You can't get away with saying things in the house when Winston's around. No, he, he's a guy that's got standards and, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. And it, it's a bit uncomfortable for some people, but I like that myself. I you, mean, you, you say that he, he doesn't, he's not trying to hide anything. What you see with Winston is what you get. That's been my experience and it's the thing that, that's attracted me in part to the party, the fact that it's the consistency of things and, and consistency of message uh, the true message is really what's important if you if you want to give some stability to people out there and stability is what people don't have at the moment. I, I totally agree with you and I think I'm, I'm starting to actually understand that f- from your point of view because yeah. uh, there is that constant with Winston you know you, you see what you get you, you know where he's coming from and um, he's never changed. No, no he, he, Winston is Winston and Winston will always be the same. Brilliant um, so back to you again a bit more Warren um, uh, how do people get involved in your campaign if they want to get involved? Have you got a Facebook page, a Twitter? And, and also you were talking to me about somebody on campus who's, who's involved. That's right. Um, the go-to on campus is the young New, New Zealand First representative, and that's uh, Robert Sewell. There's a, a, a ginger group of uh, uh, New Zealand First people on campus. And uh, if people go to uh, Young New Zealand First, which is YNZFD, U-N-E-D-I-N at gmail.com they can get in touch with them I'll, I'll borrow that um, off uh, Warren before he goes and make sure I tweet it out for anyone who needs it and, yep. um, and yeah. we've also got a New Zealand First Dunedin page that uh, people can pick up on if they want to on Facebook brilliant and and that has a link to contact you yourself your team yeah yep, you can get through to us on that brilliant um, thank you so much but before you go I actually want to have a uh, let you have a chance to talk to me a little bit about the Dunedin Public Hospital because I understand from some of the things um, I've read from you that uh, you have quite a, an eye on what's going on. You you have a, a sort of a finger on the pulse about what might be happening and, and a few thoughts about that that you, you think are worth sharing. Okay. So the Dunedin Public uh, Hospital is under consideration for a, a rebuild. In my opinion, part of the reason that the rebuild um, process has been, had to come forward is because of deferred maintenance, which has been brought about by a clever little finance scheme called Infrastructure and Maintenance, um, Infrastructure Maintenance and Development Interest Bill from the government to the hospital, uh, which amounts to millions of dollars every year. Now that money has not been spent on maintaining the building. So the reason why we've got leaky buildings is because they haven't They've not been fixed. That's right. They haven't maintained the roof um, coverings and and the like, and so all these things are feeding in. Not to mention the fact of the money that's gone missing uh, that should have gone 
gone to you know clinical services such as uh, putting nurses and doctors on the coalface, which is missing. Uh, Dunedin Hospital at the moment. Uh, like a lot of other hospitals, there's only about half the hospitals around the country that are actually just getting there. Dunedin Hospital is in a really bad state at the moment. You know, uh, we've got a co-black situation going on. We've got um, nurses running at um, ratios of about, instead of four to five patients per nurse, which is big enough anyway, mm-hmm. they're running at about six to eight in some cases. And it's just getting beyond, the, stretching the, limits, getting beyond the pale. You know, health and safety is being compromised the care of patients is being compromised and all because they're bringing in all these regimes which mean that nurses have got to spend far more time on computers than they do actually with patients which is really what the whole deal is about mm-hmm. um, so I, I think that um, we need to take a serious look at the, about the way that you know the health system is funded unfortunately fortunately it is under review according to Jonathan Coleman who I managed to get an answer out of after three years of hammering away at both he and Tony Royal, Royal and Michael Woodhouse locally um, mm-hmm. to see why we've got such a ridiculous funding regime that doesn't get the money to the bottom line where it needs to go and I've also got a big concern with mental health. Yeah, that was my next question too because we've been touching on that over the last few weeks. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Well, mental health is the poor cousin of um, the health service and I've worked in mental health myself some years ago. I know the stresses that are going on, particularly since Mm -hmm. deinstitutionalisation. And um, like for instance, um, we've got the fact that in 2015 there were 150,000 people um, presented for assistance in the mental health field and a tenth of those, 15,000, were put into uh, into care, in house care. Now at the moment we've got a lot of very unwell people being put out and having to do things like living in caravans oh, and no, places like that. Or that's, that's if they're lucky, yeah. you know, and so the care isn't there. The, the, the notes aren't being done for them. The, the follow-up procedures aren't being done with them. And, like, these people have got enough to deal this with. This is capacity, isn't it? This isn't bad people being doing a bad job. This yeah. is just people being exhausted and not able to cope. That's right. That's right. And, I mean, that, it's simply a lack of, it's both a lack of funding and it's a lack of planning. Yeah. You have to plan or your can can we go back a little bit and look at the promise rebuild? Because I mean, it's not just a, is it is it a purely national party problem and promise, or was it does it go back to the pre- previous <coughs> Labor government? Well, in, in, a, in essence, part of the problem is because of Labor, because of the fact that they were the ones that instituted this um, uh, interest in. Um, interest and depreciation regime so it's a cumulative effect of this which has meant as I said before that the rebuild hasn't gone ahead or it needs to go ahead sooner than what it may have done if this building had been maintained um, Tony Clare who's a local developer um, actually had a, a spot on uh, radio some weeks ago and what he said was one of the things that's not considered with the rebuild is the cost of demolition we've got asbestos in there now asbestos is fine if it's left in a stable condition but the minute you start tearing it down... You, it goes airborne, doesn't you, it? That's right. You're in a CBD. How are they going to deal with that? Mm-hmm. So I can't actually see that demolishing that building is actually going to achieve much. Perhaps it might be better if the university buys that area itself and then it can develop it and perhaps we might be able to get on to something like the Cadbury site. Well, that sort of makes me think about the question I asked Dr Clark, which was um, are we going to see a downgrade? Are we going to see a, a removal of the school and, and the services that Dunedin have got? Is it all going to shift north? And he honestly said to me, 
he doesn't know. He thinks that it's that's possibly on the cards. Um, what about you? Have you heard anything like that? Is is that something we should be worried about? Well, well, I'd be worried if if he's not prepared to give a commitment that if Labor was to retain regain Treasury benches, that they would give some assurance. I, I should probably just interject there to say I didn't push him on that. No. So I can't say one way or the other whether he would or wouldn't. So, but just to say that. He was concerned at the current government's plans about a possible downgrade and that they may be moving services to the North Island. Right. Well, in essence, that wouldn't surprise me. But as I say again, if we're not getting stronger signals from Labour about their hopes to keep it here, then I would have a concern about it. Plus the fact that they really haven't gone any further in support of things until recently. You haven't heard any jumping up and down from anybody else. No, it's been very quiet in the media, has Worry, Worryingly quiet. So, I mean, can you tell me what New Zealand First will do then, Warren, just before we finish? Well, New Zealand First will make sure that we retain services in, in Dunedin. I mean, there's, that's a given. We've got a medical uh, university here. We need to maintain the services. Is there a Point in opening one up in Waikato? None at all. None, none at all. I mean, w- what advantage would that be, really? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the fact that they're competing uh, against, me- yeah, against uh, themselves, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And and we've got the we've got the facilities here. We've got the history here to shift it out of Dunedin would really just about cut us off at the knees from about Christchurch down. And I don't believe that's that's a feasible thing, particularly if we want to get things moving ahead. We want to build our population. We want to grow. That's right. We want Dunedin needs development. And that's right. And and cons- consecutive governments, Labour and National, have never put the investment in, into... No, we've it. seen things like the train yards closing down and... Yeah, and we Fisher have and Pike That's right. Cadbury's now. That's right. Well, thank you so much for joining me this morning, Warren. That's Warren Voigt, Dunedin uh, North candidate for um, New Zealand First. Thank you so much, Warren. Thank you so much for having me, Rob, and it's been a pleasure being here. Thank you.